0: Radio. for all the news you need to know welcome to the beautiful butterfly show where great people and great topics are brought together for stimulating and thought-provoking conversation brought to you by the vibration radio network
1: everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. Once again, we are back, you guys, for another dynamic week of dynamic guests and just an awesome, great time this week. And so um, if you didn't know, the Beautiful Butterfly Radio Show is brought to you by Vibration Radio. That means you're listening to a show that's being broadcast globally. So big thank you to uh, Vibration Radio for always supporting us, and uh, all you guys who are always supporting us as well. And so tonight, you guys, we have a new guest uh, who is joining us this evening um, on the beautiful Butterfly Show, you guys. And so tonight, uh, we are welcoming uh, no other than uh, Jimenez uh, Bailey, and he's on, you guys. And we're going to be talking uh, about his book um, tonight. Uh, entitled An Ordinary Man with an Extraordinary God. Um, Amazing title. And I came across this guest uh, from a friend of the show, um, Erica Michelle. I I, I was looking uh, for some awesome uh, male speakers, male authors, And uh, she said, you got to have him on and a couple other people as well Um, kind of threw his name out there. So I said, you know what? I'm going to connect with him. We're going to get this thing going. And so we did. And so I'm excited about him coming on tonight and talking about this book. Um, You guys know that anytime we bring a guest on or we have a discussion on things, we always talk about transparency and being real about our journey through life. And that is exactly what our guest does tonight. Um, In this book and what he does when he speaks um, at other uh, events and other shows as well, you guys. So tonight we are welcome, welcoming uh, him on the show. And if you're out there, uh, maybe you have a question, maybe you have a comment, uh, feel free to call in. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number. Or, um, as many of you guys like to do, feel free to submit your questions via inbox on Facebook to me at Bianca Fly. And I will definitely uh, ask those questions for you live here on the broadcast this evening. Uh, So what we're going to do is going to take a little break, but we're going to come back. We're going to welcome our special guest, Gymnast Bailey, baby, you guys, right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Hey, everyone. It's me. Lisa from the Conversations with Trent show featuring, you guessed it, me. Be sure to tune in Friday nights, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, as we strive to guide you to greater authentic living right here on your radio network's YRN 1328. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And as promised, you guys, this evening, we are welcomed by Jim Ness, Bailey, author of An Ordinary Man with an Extraordinary God. And uh, he's going to tell us all about himself and more, you guys. So we're not going to delay any longer. We're going to bring uh, the man of the hour on here. Uh, Jim Ness, is there?
2: Yes, I am. Thank you so much for having me on tonight.
1: Absolutely, my pleasure. You have to let me know I, I said your name correctly or not.
2: <laughs> you did, actually. You, you actually did pronounce it correctly. It is pronounced Jimenez, and you're right. Uh, it's okay. always a pleasant surprise. Yes, it's pronounced Jimenez, and uh, so it's a unique name. It's actually Jimenez it in Spanish, but my my family pronounces the J hard, so uh, you, were, okay. you were perfect. So thank you so much for that.
1: wonderful, wonderful. And so uh, thank you so much for joining me this evening. Definitely appreciate you coming on the show this evening. And so uh, Jimenez, for the folks out here, this may be their first time being introduced to you, um, hearing you speak. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, well, thank you, first and foremost. Again, I just want to thank you for having me on uh, your show tonight. I was tremendously humbled when you reached out to me, and uh, I always ask how did someone find out about me and what makes them interested in having what I consider just me on the show. <laughs> and uh, so I thank you so much for having me on tonight as you guest. well, My name is Jimenez Bailey. I am, uh, first and foremost, a servant. Uh, I am a child of the Most High God. I am my father's son. And uh, I have a passion for leading and training and raising up men for the kingdom. Uh, mm-hmm. I am a a father. Uh, my son, Jonathan, is 32. I'm about to be a husband in the next uh, three or four months. I'm getting married on June 24th. And uh, I'm excited about what God has in store. Yes, it's been an amazing journey, and I'm sure we'll <laughs> probably get into that at some point yeah. during our discussion tonight. But I'm <laughs> grateful for, for just His his love and his grace and his mercy. But I'm a speaker. I'm a Christian leadership trainer. Uh, And I have a passion for serving and leading others to be the best that they can be for Christ. Uh, I've been speaking professionally for probably I opened my business, JBI Leadership Group, in the year 2000. Uh, But Mm -hmm. I have a background. I was in the Army for a few years. I flew on helicopters in the Army. I was a crew chief. I was in aviation for many years Mm -hmm. as a corporate executive for one of the major airlines. And then I started my own business back in 2000 uh, doing professional speaking uh, and leadership training. And I'm going to say probably about maybe five or six years ago, God spoke to me and transitioned me into uh, speaking and teaching and training on Christian leadership. And so that is my forte. now that's what my passion is and my heart is in, in leading and training others, again, to serve and be the best that they can be for Christ and reaching others for the kingdom. So I'm an author. I published my book, An Ordinary Man with an Extraordinary God, last October. And uh, mm-hmm. that's been a tremendous blessing. And, uh, again, uh, it's my journey, uh, as I walk my my listeners and my readers through the different chapters of my life and my hope in Mm -hmm. writing that book was uh, hopefully that I could inspire someone to help someone uh, really make the right choices in life. You know, as we walk through those different chapters, as I call them, in life. Uh, Mm -hmm. most of the time God isn't leading us, we're leading ourselves. So An Ordinary Man is an Extraordinary God is really those chapters where I once I decided Mm -hmm. to let God lead my life, he opened up doors and windows of heaven that I could never imagine. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just tremendously blessed. I'm always encouraged when I can just be of help and of service to others. And uh, I'm hoping by being on your show tonight that I can just be a blessing to someone that may be listening in your listening audience tonight.
1: Absolutely. And and I wanted to ask you, uh, Jimenez, for you, When was that moment? Because um, everybody, of course, who has been in the Army, uh, military, Air Force, uh, has a story about their experience and and different things they they had to endure and encounter. And so for you, uh, when was that moment for you that you decided um, that your life was not going in the direction in which it could be going in the best way? When, when was that moment that you said, you know, okay, okay, God, I, I need a little assistance on on getting my life um, on track here?
2: Sure. Absolutely. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was working for – at the time I was working for a major airline. I was one of the up-and-coming rising black executives in, in aviation,
3: mm-hmm. and I
2: was the director of aircraft maintenance for this particular airline. And I remember at the time, I would uh, my home that I lived at, I lived about 70 miles outside of Los Angeles, outside of the airport, and I would leave my home about 5 o'clock in the morning, maybe about 4 a.m. in the morning to get to work by 5 so I could get ready to dial into conference calls across the United States.
3: Mm-hmm. And at
2: this time, I was married and uh, had a young family. But my life was out of balance. I wasn't living for God. We say that we live for God so many times. You we hear right. that cliche, it's God first and family second and career third. But for me right. it was it was career first, it was career second, it was family and God in there somewhere in the midst of all of that. And uh and I was just on board. I was climbing the corporate ladder very rapidly and mm-hmm. uh and again I was all about making as much money as I could and providing for my right. family. Right. And so it was a particular morning. It was actually September 11th. Hmm. And uh, I was in my office getting ready to uh, dial into these different conference calls. And I remember someone ran into my office and said, Jim, we believe an airplane has crashed into a building in New York. And wow. my first immediate thought was, and his was, well, maybe it was a small airplane. You know, if accidents happen. It was nothing major. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm before he left the office, I'm gonna say within thirty seconds. Back in the day we had those you know, those office phones where they had like looks like twenty different, you know, buttons and lights on yeah. it. Uh-huh.
3: And uh-huh. and all of
2: a sudden that that phone just went all red. All the lights went red. And mm-hmm. so I knew something tragic had happened and obviously nine eleven happened. So we lost about three airplanes uh in the low in the were on those three airplanes that were crashed by uh the terrorists of nine eleven. And at that time, we were a booming airline. I was a booming uh, aviation leader as far as an executive. And I remember um, at the time, I probably had a staff of about maybe 12 or 13 uh, managers and supervisors that worked for me. I had a a team of employees of maybe about 3,500 employees that were spread throughout the system that I oversaw. And I'm going to say maybe the first, maybe a month after 9/11, we had our first major layoff at the airline where we laid off over half of those people, and mm-hmm. I took it personally because those are people that I work with, you become friends right. with people, people that helped right. you along the way, but I never right. thought that it would ever impact me as an executive. Again, you have to remember I was just living i was just working and pouring my heart soul mm-hmm. into a business in a corporation and then maybe about two months later after that i i showed up to work like i normally do five o'clock in the morning and there was a, a gentleman from corporate security there at my office with another manager from a different stadium station and they had my belongings packed up in about three different boxes outside my office door
4: wow. and
2: what they had did they had laid me off and that's hmm. i just call it fired i was fired you know there's no good way right. of saying laid off
4: right and, and i was let go <laughs>
2: Right. And so I remember at that moment uh, as I, you know, they helped me bring my three boxes downstairs to my car and said, Jim, we hope things work out well for you. But I remember mm-hmm. sitting in my car for about 20 minutes in the parking lot and I cried out like, God, how could this happen? And I remember right. the words, how could, you, how could they take this from me? And it was a rainbow moment for me. It was, a, it was a, an eye opener for me because I poured my life into, and my heart and soul into a company. And it really it, – it, it hit me in the head because, again, when I thought my priorities were in order, they really weren't. It wasn't God first and family second. It all was, you know, work first, work second, and work third. In the midst of all of that, you know, I was in the midst of a divorce – uh, I was about to get divorced from my, my current wife at the time. I was in a relationship with a brand-new woman as well, so my life was completely out of order. I mean, it was just completely out of balance. I just had all kinds of stuff going on. Here in Texas, they call it a hot mess. I was a hot mess before I even <laughs> went to Texas. And so at that moment, I knew that I needed to make some changes in my life. Uh, I knew that I wasn't doing the right thing, and I put all of my hope, all of my faith, all of my um, – you would call trust in man. Mm-hmm. and man,
0: mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm.
2: and an
0: abyss.
2: And some of us, you know, as we're young, you know, we go to school or we don't go to school. We we climb the corporate ladder, and we our goals and our purposes. I you know I was trying to I was trying to conquer the world. And uh, I always tell people there's a scene in that old movie Scarface where you know Al Pacino's looking up at the blimp and it says the world is mine. Scrolling across the blimp, that was my motto back then. The world is mine, and I was hungry and I was yeah. going to do whatever I could do to get it. And so mm-hmm. I was thankful I wasn't out of work long. Maybe I was out of work two weeks, and a head or a recruiter called me, and they offered me a position for a director of maintenance position in a small town in Northern California. And like mm-hmm. most of us do, I didn't pray on it. I didn't see God. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I need to continue to you know, pay these right. bills and make these mortgage right. payments. I flew Mm -hmm. down for a quick interview, you know, I I flew back home. They made me an offer the next day, and I accepted, and I was relocating to Northern California about two weeks later. Again, not speaking God, not going in prayer, not anything, uh, Mm -hmm. but, again, I just relocated. And so I was there, a new company, uh, a little small aviation company, and I was there for about six months, and things were going well. Again, it's amazing how things are going well in your life when all of a sudden God changes something that just kind of opens your eyes in a dramatic way. And uh, we had some investors in town, and we were just taking them on tours, flying around the airplanes around the city, something that we do all the time. And I remember it was a Friday evening, and we were wrapping up. I was on board an airplane, and we were wrapping up, and I said, you know what, gentlemen, let me off this last time around here. I'm going to go home. I know we're going to meet for dinner later, and I'll see you guys later at dinner. So they dropped me off, and they took off again to go do a few more joy rides. And I remember I got home, and I wasn't home maybe five minutes when I got a call from the airport. And the call was, they were calling from the tower. They said, we've lost aircraft 257.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: my response was, what do you mean you lost the aircraft 257? And in aviation terms, what they were telling me was the airplane has crashed.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
2: the airplane crashed. Uh, I went back to the airport that night, and I stayed there with all the other people. We couldn't go out and do a search and rescue until the following morning. Um, wow. But all six of those that were on that airplane died that night. And Oof. when we when you tell you when you think God has got your attention. At times, He He got my attention. He had my attention yeah. at that point. Yeah. And uh, I said, by God, by the grace of God, I just got off an airplane and I made it home. And those same people that I was flying with, not more than an hour earlier, all lost their lives. And mm-hmm. so it really it caught my attention. Where I just needed to stop, and I sat and I was still and said, Father, all these years I've I've done my own thing. I've you know I've written my own script. I've done everything mm-hmm. that I wanted. And uh and he spoke very clearly to me he said Jimenez he said you know what all these years you've written the chapters of your life I've given you the pen uh because we have a free will and he said right. but if you give the pen back and you allow me to write the chapters of your life I will give you a life I will show you things I will bless you in a way that you can never imagine and on that day I gave him the pen and I I said father it's yours now my life is yours it's no longer mine and once I did that, once I committed my life completely to him and trusted him in each and everything that I did, he has taken me to places. He, I have done things. I have experienced the highs, more highs than lows, but he has blessed my life in a way that I could never imagine once I turned my life completely over and I surrendered it to him. So Absolutely. that was a long story to get to a sharp point. <laughs> that, was my, that, was my, that was my Ramo moment for me. That was my word moment. That was my life-changing moment yeah. for me.
1: Wonder, Jimenez. Do you think that because oftentimes um, a lot of people, um, including uh, myself, uh, you mentioned something very valuable about how we are just striving for the money, um, as, as they say now. Uh, we're trying to get the coins and, and collect the bags yeah. uh, for, and so a lot of us are so absorbed in that. You know, we see in the money, we see in the money, that we don't always realize the things around us that are falling, um, and are becoming dysfunctional because we're not paying attention to those things. Some of those things are marriages. Some of those things are friendships. Um, some of those things are just our life in general. Um, and kind of like you, you know, you have those moments where you sit back and like, my gosh, you know, where, where am I? You know, um, where am I at this moment in my life? And so do you think that it's easy for us, especially, you know, when we're getting into a career that we love at that particular time to, you know, just delve in head first um, and get absorbed uh, with the financial uh, and materialistic aspects sometimes, more so than looking at, okay, is this beneficial to me and to those, you know, who who, who love me and support me?
2: Yes, and you know you're absolutely right, and I believe, and I know I can speak for just for myself, mm-hmm. uh, I believe we our intentions are good. Our intentions are in the right place. You know, right. I, as a man, my thought was, you know what? My responsibility is, man, because that's all I knew. That's what I was taught, was you provide for your family. Right. And you go to work, and you work, and you work, and you work, and you do what you need to do. And as long as I'm paying the bills, as long as I'm taking care of everything, as long as everyone is provided for, you know, as I, I wrote in my book, you know, I, you know, the the American dream is to have a, a house with, you know, 2.5 kids, you know, 3.5 cars in a garage, a white picket fence, and everything should be perfect. Everyone should be happy but in truth the, the reality of it was I had no perspective i you know i i didn't know i wasn't I was never at home to be with my wife mm-hmm. and with my children because I was always mm-hmm. out trying to make the money and even That's though right. i was be I was able to provide for them materially with the material things, the things that were most important, like my presence and my time, mm-hmm. and right. me being there as a father and me being there as a husband, those were right. truly the most important things, but i didn't know that I didn't see that at the time, and right. I think just society paints us in a way. And shapes us in a way to where we think it really helps us, or shapes our mindset as far as what's really important. So for me as a man, way back when, I'm thinking, well, you know what? My wife should be pretty happy. She, everything's good at the house because again, everything is paid. You know, she was a stay-at-home mom, so in my mind, I'm doing everything right. Okay. Right. In my children's right. mind, if I could make it to the ball game at least with a half hour to go, and they had to see, they got a chance to see dad for about right. a couple of hours before I went right. to bed, and everything was good you know, mm-hmm. and but that's not really the case, you know, and so, uh, and, I, and I really attribute that to because that's just the way that we're taught growing up, mm-hmm. you know, as yeah. a society even more, so we're taught and we're fed and that, you know, you have to strive, you have to work hard, you have to do these things to be successful, to be happy, but it's really the opposite, it's really not the key to what brings happiness to our lives, so um, not just me, but not just men, but women as well, as we are all striving to do the best that we can, uh, we mm-hmm. learn from what we know. I was having a conversation with someone yesterday and I said, you know, our parents did the best they could with us. Whether you had a single parent or two parents, they taught us what they knew, (laughs) okay? And back in the 50s and the 60s, they knew what they knew back from what their parents taught them. And so, you know, I, I believe as we continue to evolve, uh, my, one of my priorities and one of my passions is making sure that people don't have to walk the same steps that I've walked. They don't have to have to lift the same chapters that I've lived. And that the life experience that you and I have had and the, the ups and downs that we've had, the challenges that we've had, we can help them so they don't have to make those same mistakes, so to speak.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, In this book, um, An Ordinary Man uh, with an Extraordinary God uh, is actually a powerful journey of self-discovery, peace and finding true joy in your life. Let's talk about the title uh, for a moment, because it definitely speaks volumes. Um, How did you come up with the concept um, or how did the concept come to you uh, for this title of the book?
2: Thank you. That's that's a great question. And the title of the book came from throughout my, my own journey of self-growth. I needed to. I was seeking approval. I was seeking man's approval. I was rising the corporate ladder greatly, and I wanted promotions. I wanted bonuses. I wanted all those things that came with striving and doing the best that you could be. Right. Doing, the, doing all that you can do to get man's validation and man's acceptance uh, and I believe that's one of the things that many of us struggle with as we're, as we're you know, finding that path we want to be accepted we want to feel valued we want to feel like we've right. accomplished and we've succeeded and I struggled for a while in my life as I was growing up and as I was going through those chapters in my early 20s and <laughs> mid 20s and early 30s was, you know, we have mentors we have different people that we look up to that we aspire to be people that really are, are successful and we have a tendency, at least I did, I was I was trying to pattern my lives after those people. So for me as a budding professional speaker, oh my God, I was in love with Les Brown and Tony Robbins and Zig Ziglar and I wanted to be those guys because those guys mm-hmm. all brought something to the table. They were successful. And in that journey though, I could never reach the success that I, I, I ever wanted. No matter how high I reached the ladder, no matter how much I gained, there was always an emptiness once I attained that. If mm-hmm. I got the corner office with the great view, once I got it, there was still something more that I was lacking or missing. So I figured if I work a little harder, if I get another promotion, it'll, you know, I'll feel happier. The same thing in relationships. I was married to my first wife. We got married when we were, I was 23, and she was 33. Uh, she was married at the time. She got divorced to marry me. Everything that I was doing was out of order. My God, was it out of order. Yeah. I was a hot mess with a capital H. <laughs> uh, and, and we were married for 13 years. And as I mentioned earlier, in the midst of my divorce I left I divorced my wife, my first wife, I left my first wife to marry someone else. So everything mm. that I was doing was out of I was seeking right. more, whether it was right. through man or whether it was through material things that only God could give me. And right. at that point we talked about that frame of moment where God just spoke to me and said, You know what? I love you for who you are. I created you to be a you're a unique you're my unique son. And you have gifts and talents and skills that I need for the kingdom and I love you for exactly who you are, Jimenez. You don't have to be anyone else but Jimenez. And once I understood that, once I was able to embrace that, uh, the title of the book was, uh, and it was an evolution, was, you know, I'm just an ordinary man with an extraordinary God. And it speaks to everyone that God loves us in our ordinary. He loves exactly who we are. We don't have to be a superstar. We don't have to be a mega millionaire. He just wants to love us and use us exactly where we are and exactly for who he created us to be. So the title, An Ordinary Man with an Extraordinary God, my hope was that it would resonate and it would cap someone's attention and say, you know what, that's me. I'm just Mike or I'm just Joe. I'm just Sue or I'm just Sarah. I'm just Erica. I'm just whoever. But I serve an extraordinary God, and he's going to do extraordinary things in my life. That's Absolutely. where the title came
1: from. And I wanted to ask you because um, I love to to hear men's perspective when it comes to marriage and relationships as well. And one of the things yeah. you talked about, what is, what is very <clears> – <throat> very easy for us to do um, is to do things out of order. You know, we, yes. we have those moments, especially when it comes to relationships, because you, you've had people who, you know, they might've had that child, you know, before they got married and then yes. all of these different things, or while you're married, you happen to meet somebody else that's married. And then you two, you know, get together and there's certain things you like and, and that's the that whole thing is out of order. And so yes. for you, In that process, looking back, what do you think was the reason behind you kind of doing things out of order when it came to your relationship? Do you think it kind of went back to, you know, what we were talking about earlier, you know, you were focused on the money. You were focus on, okay, this is what we can do, you know, with this money. Yes. Do you think kind of that same mindset played uh, a huge influence when it came to, you know, your relationships and marriages as well?
2: Absolutely, I believe, yeah. uh, and I and I share this in the book. I I believe we struggle at times because we in relationships. I believe we struggle at times when we do struggle because many times we don't have what a, we don't have a template for a godly relationship. We mirror what we see in our parents. We mirror what we see in others, whether it's our friends or couples that are married. You know, we we seek their advice and we seek their counsel when it comes to what we should be doing in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe, um, you know, I don't believe at times we have a proper understanding of what a, what a godly relationship is, what a covenant marriage is, what a covenant relationship is. And the truth of the matter too, when I was coming up, I was, I was just lustful. I was just, I was a, there was a, there's that old song by Parliament, Parliament, an atomic dog girl. I was an atomic dog. I was
3: (laughs) filled with lust.
2: You know, I had lust with a capital L just, it was anatomy. But at that time, You know, that was my normal. I thought that was what men did. You know, men of power, men of substance, men of success. That's what we Mm -hmm. did. That's what we were supposed to do. And so I was, you know, I had a strong spirit of lust. Everything that I did from a a conquering standpoint, I was getting another notch on my belt. I share this story. It's amazing how how we can twist things up. I've been a believer for a very long time. I haven't been saved. You know, I wasn't saved, but I was a believer. And, you know, I loved David. In the book, in the Bible, I love King David, Mm -hmm. right? And I would mirror my life after David. I'm like, wait a minute, now David was a man after God's own heart, right? You know, Mm -hmm. David, you know, did some stuff, right? David, you know, he hooked up with Bathsheba, but you know, God forgave him, and God, you know, he Mm -hmm. led on David in the greater things. But there was a price to pay for that. You know, there was a price to pay for David's sin with Bathsheba, and so. Uh, I believe a lot of it is we, we attach ourselves to ideals and alley alley and what the world says is okay. And we truly, if we don't have what I consider the godly temper of what a marriage should be like, what a relationship we're gonna we're going to lead from the flesh. Right. To what right. feels good, makes sense to us. If I call my brother or if I meet my brother at a bar for a drink, he goes, no, man, you should be doing this. Then, you know, we, we consider that wise counsel. Right. Right. Or maybe we reach out to our parents or we reach out to a family member or the girls at the the hair salon. And we consider that wise counsel. And so I believe for me, it was, again, making sure number one, I didn't have a godly template. You know, my parents were amazing. You know, I grew up, my parents divorced when I was young, but they were, we were always still together as a family unit. But I truly didn't have Mm -hmm. a godly template what, and an understanding and knowledge of the Word of God of what a covenant relationship means, what Mm -hmm. a covenant marriage means. And just because I have a baby doesn't mean I'm a father. And so I think we have to do better job. You know, I I, I was on the radio show last night speaking on why are men leaving the church? Because again, men are hungry, men are listening, men need healing, men need teaching, men need strength. But Mm -hmm. I was... It was growing up, and I was trying to navigate the wall of the world myself, but I was doing it in an ungodly way, you know, not really, not based on Scripture, not using the Word of God or Jesus as my template.
1: When you look back... um... (laughs) <laughs> at, at at those situations, um, what are some some key things? Because oftentimes we we see um, red flags that occur yeah. in our life, and we just okay, all right, I see it, but I'm I'm gonna keep going forward. I know it's there, yeah. but I'm I'm gonna keep doing what I need to do. Looking back um, and, and and seeing some of those red flags, um, do you think that? Once we get so far gone and, and what we want and what we desire, it's hard to to pull it back and, and gain control
2: you know over it again. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah you know what and what's difficult and what and what's going to sound um when I say this, it's unfortunate, but I believe it's true. Um, mm-hmm. We see the red flags. Right. You know, the red flags are in our peripheral vision, sometimes right in front of us, but we move them to our peripheral and we feel like we can overcome it or we can sidestep it or we can go around it. Or, you know what, if I implement this, if I put this plan in place, if I do this, you know what, the red flag will go away. And ultimately what will happen is we have to hit rock bottom or something dramatic, something drastic happens in our lives to break us. God will break us and he will bring us to rock bottom for it to finally get our attention. And I believe because again if we're just relying on ourselves as flesh and as men and women, we're gonna feel good we can conquer it. We could do it. I can do it because I got a I got a bachelors, I got a masters, I have a PhD, I got smarts, I got this, I can call my financial advisor, I could I could hook up with this person or hook up with that person and I can skate around it, I can get around that red flag. You know, in a in sense of relationships, you know what, I know my wife's not happy, but you know what, once I hit this bonus, you know, I, I can buy her a new car, I can buy her some new clothes, right. I can do this, we, can go, on, we right. can go on vacation, things will be better, or you right. know what, I know we've been waiting for a while to have a child, maybe once we have a child, I know things will get better in our relationship, so we try to find these things to pacify us and to help us eliminate those red flags but in the end ultimately god brings something to us that that really helps us it brings us down and it crashes and we crash and burn and then we seek him And like okay god and he goes i got your attention do i finally have your attention
3: mm-hmm, and ultimately, mm-hmm.
2: unfortunately that's what it takes sometimes we all have those yeah. moments where you know what i thought i was good and all of a sudden i, I didn't see it coming or maybe it was there all the time i ignored the red flags mm-hmm. and then i hit rock bottom my house gets yeah. repossessed. My car gets repossessed. My home goes into foreclosure. I get sued. Whatever that is, you know, I have a loss or a death in the family. It's those tragic moments, those eye-opening moments that unfortunately get mm-hmm. our attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely,
1: and, and I'm glad you mentioned, it, especially because a lot of times when, uh, when when people are working, and especially being um, a, a stay-at-home mom, or because you know, a lot of times there's um, already a stigma or a cliche when it comes to being a stay-at-home mom, you know, yes. and so a lot of times um, those individuals are neglected sometimes because, yes. you know, why? While, while the main breadwinner is out seeking the money, doing all of those things, you're at home, you're ne- neglected in a sense because you're taking care of the things at home, but what you desire is that closeness, that that intimacy, yeah. you know, with your spouse. And a lot of times they believe, hey, all right, long as I go get this designer bag for her <laughs> long as yes. I go get these yeah. flowers, send that gift, it's A okay. When a lot of times we don't realize it's not the material aspect that, you know, people are seeking from each other. It's that connection it's that that connection yes. between you and that person your heart you know your emotions your desires and so um I, and i think it's easy for people to get caught up in that trend you know because we we see it a lot where it's easy to kind of quote unquote pacify people by doing something for the moment okay i know that yes. he or she's going to be angry so i'm going i'm going to buy this purse or i'm going to buy this car for him and and this is going to you know pacify the situation but it always builds up in the end, you know, we're just kind of, kind of buying our time, so to speak. You're, you're absolutely right.
2: And then we're surprised. Yeah. We're surprised when it right. all goes up. Right. And then normally the response is, what are you unhappy about? I give you this, right. I give you that, I do this and I do that. Yeah. And that's not what's needed. And, and we're, we're like, we're surprised, but your, your wife or your mm-hmm. husband, has significant says, well, no, these things aren't important. What I need is you. What mm-hmm. I want is you. And, um, I'm grateful, I believe, I hope that, you know, as we mature and as we walk through these different chapters of our life that God gives us and we learn, that we truly do, hopefully we learn from our mistakes, uh, is that you realize what's truly important in life. And unfortunately, sometimes we don't realize those things until we mature and get older Absolutely. and live through some things. Absolutely. But there are two things that I that I treasure in my life, and I share this with people all the time. I treasure my time, and I treasure my peace. Because yeah. they're two things that I can never get back now, and so I absolutely. treasure. You know, I'm very, I'm very selective about who I spend time with and what I spend time on doing and what I invest in, who I have investing in me, and I treasure my peace. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a, I'm low maintenance, I'm a no drama failed person, you know, and I'm, I'm always seeking peace, and so I'm very careful about who I let in my space, what I receive into my spirit, you know, what I give
3: mm-hmm.
2: out, uh, because those things are things that you can't get back. Absolutely. And so, but you're absolutely right. You know, we, we can get stuck on that trip with that we're constantly running but we can't mm-hmm. see the world around us at all yeah. my mom has Absolutely. a great saying that she would remind you she you know as moms can only do she'd reach out to me and just say son <laughs> i know you're busy i just you know sometimes i just want you to stop you need to stop and smell the roses and you know how we are okay mom i'm good okay i'll, I'll smell them <laughs> next week <laughs> you know i'll stop but right. it's those simple things that we just sometimes we we get lost we don't see the beauty that's right yeah. next to us because we're trying to chase it in front of us so.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Jimenez, what I want to do is I want to take a break. But we're going to come back. And, and one of the um, great things that you talk about in this book is fear. And fear is, is that, that open discussion um, that a lot of us don't want to talk about because we don't want to talk about fear. We don't want to talk about how fear influences us and our choices that we make. And so uh, what I want to do is I want to take a quick break, you guys. and I want to come back um, with more Jimenez Bailey, you guys, right here on the Beautiful Butter
0: There is a musical revolution coming, a mixture of jazz, soul, and funk. to off 18
1: And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And make sure you guys go and check out Arrested a Day, uh, Soul and Lyrical um, Poet, um, on uh, Facebook as well. And you guys can head over to uh, ambientrecords.com to check out the wonderful works of uh, producer Stephen Jerome Ferguson, um, you guys. And so tonight we are on with Jimenez Bailey, guys. We're discussing his book entitled An Ordinary Man with an Extreme. Extraordinary God. And uh and S, we do have a question uh, from one of the listeners. uh Destiny, uh Destiny from Atlanta. Uh, she says that um do you believe that oftentimes when it comes to us and our careers, oftentimes we don't always see how our careers may impact our relationship. So, um, and I guess it can kind of go back to your experience. Ultimately, when you first delve into your career, um, getting to into aviation and, and making, you know, the money, did you, did you have any idea how, you know, being so driven in your career would affect, you know, those things on the outside?
2: Well, wow, that's a great question, Destiny, from Atlanta, and thank you for asking it. You know what? I, I didn't have an idea of how it impacted the family or even impacted me in a negative way uh, right. because, again, I looked at it as a positive thing. It was a promotion. I was rising very quickly. Yeah. This was a good thing because, again, you know, you're seeking validation. You want your family to be proud of you. You're making headlines in the newspaper and in the city and in corporate America. So it's mm-hmm. almost as if, you know, it's, it's like a, uh, it's a high. Thank you. It's an addiction in a sense. You know, the more you get, the more you want, and it can cloud your judgment. It can cloud your vision, and all you see are the good things. And, again, it it warps that perspective because, again, if I could come home from a a business trip and I'm bearing gifts, I get toys for the kids, I got something Mm -hmm. for the wife, you know, right. and everyone's happy when I walk in the door. That's, oh, my God, that's a great thing. You know, so you think
3: you're right. doing the right
2: thing. Uh, and I know you mentioned fear. You talked about fear, mm-hmm. and I know we're going to dive into that. But, no, it can yes. really cloud you because, again, I believe your intentions are in the good place, in the right mm-hmm. place. Uh, but, again, it, when you're in it, when you, when I tell when you're, when you're, your laser focuses are just on, I need to do what I can do to take care of my family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for times – what happens at times is our family enables us also because again, I remember my wife. She was a sweetheart. She was a very nice person, and she, when I came home, right, you know, she said, "You okay? You know what, kids? Let's be quiet. Dad just got home from work. I'm going, you mm-hmm. know, we're going to have dinner. Make sure you give Dad some space. Let him relax." She didn't bother me because again, right. because she wanted to make sure that. I was comfortable, and I had what I needed to be able to continue to do what I felt was important. She was supporting me right. in the best way that she could, but in some ways, we, we become enablers. She didn't say, "Wait a minute, now we need to sit down. We, you know, we haven't <laughs> talked in two months, right? You right. Know, we haven't gone out." But you right. know, she wanted to try to keep the peace. She wanted to try to keep the family unit together. And again, I, you know, I share in my book. I tell people, I said, I was married twice. I was married to two wonderful women. We just weren't brought together for marriage. Uh, yeah and you have to but that but that only happens that it only comes so with taking time that only comes with right. cultivating that relationship and making it a priority and uh and it when it's a covenant it's two you know we are cleaved together we're bound together uh but you're absolutely right you know uh destiny from Atlanta it can cloud your vision it can cloud your judgment because your priority becomes out of place uh it absolutely. has to be God first and family second
1: Absolutely. Um, Kareen from St. Petersburg, Florida, uh, she says, How did you go about um, re? connecting yourself and your relationship with God. Um, And I know early in the broadcast, you talked about how, uh, you know, God was a part of your life. However, the connection only began to get stronger, you know, once certain things began to to take place in your your life. So how did you rebuild that connection uh, between you um, and your faith and, and belief in God?
2: Wow, you know that's a great question. You know how I had to rebuild that connection. I needed to spend time with him, and Unfortunately, what happens is we only spend that time with him when we 're broken and I mm-hmm. mentioned it earlier when we get that when we get that moment where we have nowhere else to go but God okay. that's where we go and Such- and what the beauty of it is the beauty of it is he's always there he's just waiting for us. But once I spent that time with him, once I needed to get into that dark place, so to speak, to help him bring me out of that dark place, I I, I share the story. It's a funny story, but it wasn't funny at the time. I remember after my second divorce, and my God, his second divorce, I'm real about it. You know, I'll, I'll be getting married for the third time, and I'm thankful that the third time is a charm my mom says. I'm like, praise God, he's absolutely right. But I remember... You know, after my second divorce, I was, you know, I was at my apartment. I had moved into an apartment and I was, I was shut in. You know, I hadn't left the apartment for like a week and I was, you know, I was in my bedroom, you know, I was listening to Chardonnay music over and over again. I was just in a funk, right. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I remember, uh, some brothers came to to, <laughs> to do an intervention, you know, and they pulled me out of, and they got me out of the apartment and said, come on, we got to get you out of here. Let's go get something to eat. Let's just, you need to get some fresh air, uh, but I realized when I felt, when I got to that broken place of just feeling lonely and feeling alone and feeling like there was no one else, that's when I sought God. And the tragedy of that, even though it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful thing now that I look back at it is, the tragedy is we don't have to get to that place to seek him, right? You know, to, right. to, to, right. to, 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 to cultivate that relationship with him that he truly wants with us. But to answer her question, uh, it took me being in a dark place to, to truly mm-hmm. see that God loved and that his love was the most important thing and the only thing that I truly ever needed. And that's what I desired. That's what we all desired, his love. And he is our first absolutely. love. And so it took me being in that dark place, him bringing me in that dark place and loving me through that dark place where my relationship really took over. I loved him and he loved me and I felt his love unconditionally.
3: Absolutely,
1: absolutely. And of course, um, I, I did want to touch on, on fear as well. And, and in the moment, um where where things uh were transpiring, you know, from career to marriages. Did you have that fear of what is to come next? You know, okay, I've been I've been through these things. What next am I in store for? And once you got to the place in life uh where you became comfortable being who Jimenez is. Um do you believe that fear is one of those things um that we have to battle daily um in our journey to create a, a greater relationship uh, with God and in just, you know, the journey of life?
2: Yes. And you know, I, I can make it sound so easy and cliche when I say yes, if we just trust God everything's gonna be okay. Um okay. but the truth of the matter is we all struggle with fear. I even I still I still have fights with it every now and then as well. Uh, yeah. because the enemy knows us. He knows the gifting that God has given us, and he doesn't want to see it come to fruition. Right. But I believe the biggest challenge, the biggest thing that we deal with in fear in our lives is because we're we're fearful of not taking that step of failure, but we're fearful of what others will think of us if we right. don't succeed. Right. We're, we're fearful of what others will say if we fail. We're fearful of what right. others will think because we are thinking about opening our own business or doing something different or doing something totally outside the box that maybe God has placed on your heart. And fear is powerful. Fear is a, is a great, powerful demotivator because it cripples you. Uh, but I believe the greatest, I mean, the, the biggest challenge that I've had was fear was not that I couldn't do it, right, you know, but what would other people think about it, right? You know, sometimes we get caught in, again, wanting to make sure that we're, we're being approved by everyone else. We want to be approved by our family. We want to be approved by our peers and, and our relationships. And I'm fearful of doing something that may have that person think of me a certain way or feel a certain way about me, or think that, I'm not, that I don't measure up, or that I couldn't fill the bill, so to speak. Um, and I think that, that's natural, but fear, is a, it's, it's, it's a gripping thing, and we can only get past that by taking that step. Sometimes, you know, you jump in the dark, you jump with your eyes closed, and you have to understand that God's going to catch you. He's there waiting for you to jump so he can catch you, and he's always got you anyway. But fear in our relationships... Uh, sometimes fear can uh, come out in the forms that I'm afraid, I'm fearful of having this discussion with my spouse or my significant other about mm-hmm. their behavior or about something that they're doing. And that fear of sharing that becomes something more dangerous or violent or something that didn't have to happen because we we're fearful of sharing it or having that honest conversation. Um, right. Fear can come in so many different forms, but it ultimately, I believe it's uh, ultimately it's the trick of the devil. It's, a, it's the trick of the yeah. enemy. But we have to be yeah. able to, number one, trust God. Uh, we mm-hmm. do have to. I believe prayer is such a powerful, powerful weapon when it comes to fear. Uh, if you don't have a a, a a strong prayer life, I tell people start where you are today. You don't have to pray for twenty four hours a day, but you know, just prayer is just a conversation with God. You're just talking to God. If you and God are just walking through the you know, through the building, you just like, "What's up, God?" He goes, "What's up, Jim?" And I say, "That's prayer to me." Right? You know, <laughs> you're having a conversation. You're yeah. just having fellowship right. with Him. And where you're just having a relationship with him, where you guys are talking like your friends. So I get when I have a fearful moment when something comes to my spirit. God says, "Jim and I want you to build a, a community." So I'm like, "Wait a minute, Whoa, Hold on. Oh, no. You know who's going to pay for that?
3: How's that going to happen? You want
2: me to do what? Where's it going to be? I didn't want to live in this particular city, right? You know, but again, it's 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 a trust that only He can give you that you're seeking Him. So God, you know, my life is Your life. Your plans are the plans that are best for me, and uh, it is a matter of trusting that comes with time. It comes it is a journey. It comes with practice. My pastor says these things don't come you We got to practice these things. We got to practice trusting out. We have to practice stepping out in faith. And it doesn't have to be a huge thing, you know. So if God gives me a vision to build a community center, which He has in Austin, then you know I, I'm not going to go out tomorrow and buy a building in Austin. You know I may I may start with let me pay for the person in Starbucks's coffee behind me first, right? You know <laughs> I'm going to take baby steps, you know. But it's, it's a it's a process. It's a journey. But ultimately, He's saying I, I need you to trust me, and we take those small steps in overcoming that fear and trusting him with whatever it is that he gives. So if he's called you to start a business, then uh, by all means, don't quit your job tomorrow. That You know, that's a, that's a tremendous leap of faith and trust. But you know what? Maybe you start by, you know, getting a DBA. Maybe you start by getting your business cards, you know, but you take those small steps of faith and you start planting those seeds. Maybe you start your own radio show, your own radio broadcast, you know, because yeah. there are different avenues to do that. But you take yeah. those small steps to, to overcome the fear that, that you're feeling because of what God is calling you to do. Absolutely, absolutely, and
1: and I wanted to ask you, especially because um, when we are talking about fear and fear of, of 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 people knowing, you know, what's going on and what's taking place. And so, of course, uh, you mentioned earlier in the broadcast that you're in fact about to get married again. And so, for you, just being one hundred percent transparent, is there a part of gymnast that has a fear of, okay, you know, uh, these other marriages went this way. How do I make sure (laughs) that this third one does not go that way? So is it a part of you that kind of has that fear um, of, okay, how do I keep, you know, this marriage from kind of turning out like the ones in the past?
2: Yes. That's an amazing question. That's a great question. And to Mm -hmm. answer your question directly, no. There is no fear. I have no fear. Actually, I mean, Wonderful. I am so excited. I told Eric girl, I can't wait. You know, we are counting down. You know, uh, and it was. So, it's so funny because, you know, last year people say, Jim, aren't you getting married? I'm like, oh, no, that's not until next year. And uh, as we've gotten closer into the new year now, it's like, oh, my God, I, I count the days down. I have an app on my phone that counts down how many days it is. But but I have no fear. I have no fear because um, we're doing it God's way. And for yeah. the first time in life, uh, you know, God brought Erica into my life. He brought us together. That we're doing it God's yeah. way. So, we purpose and, that, and we're intentional in that uh, in our prayer life, in our married life, in our relationship that He's first, and Absolutely. that we can't without Him. So He is the He is the cord that binds us together. He's our beginning and our middle and our end.
0: And so mm-hmm. there is no
2: because we're trusting Him. We're not relying on us. And the way that I used to do it or the way that I learned it from my first two, and Erica's not relying on her last marriage or what she learned, it's it's right. it's a trust in God that God always begins and ends with you. And that our, we, when we pray together, like, Father, you know, help us. This is part of our prayer. Father, God, help us, continue to show us how to love one another as you desire us to love one another.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's not from
2: the way that I used to love or how I was loved or how I thought I should That's be loved right. or how I should but God, God is leading us in all that we do when it comes to our relationship and our marriage. You know, Erica and I have had a long-distance relationship. Erica lives in Louisiana, and I live in Houston. So mm-hmm. it's been a tremendous, again, and it's been all God, right? You know, we've had to yeah. trust God. It's forced us to, in, all, in a way that only God can, you know, when we talk on the phone, because, you know, we may see each other once or twice a month, you know, our conversations are so much more in tune because we are forced to pay attention. That's right. We're forced. We're forced okay. to listen, you know, because our conversation over the telephone. Yes. And when we see yes. each other, every when we see each other, every moment is precious. So if we're just having dinner at a restaurant or we're going to a movie, those are new adventures for us, you know. Mm-hmm. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Um, but no, there is no fear, and it's and, and yeah. I say that the, the, the fear we have no fear because it it's God ordained. God has brought us yeah. together. We're not man's way, and so uh, yeah. we continue to learn. We continue to grow. Uh, we continue to communicate because I believe that's one of the biggest things, communication and learning Mm -hmm. how that other person communicates and being intentional and loving first uh, and not thinking worst intentions first, you know? So uh, I mentioned that before, but us talking over the telephone. We can't see each other. So if Erica says something to me before I react or respond, like, wait a minute, what is she saying? How did she say it? I have to make sure that I'm being intentional first because again, I can't see Mm -hmm. her. So, uh, and, we, you know, it's seeking God. It's like, God, okay, you got this. We're just we're just being obedient. We're just being obedient to what you're calling us to do, and, but we're seeking him always And how we communicate, how we laugh, mm-hmm. how we live, how we love one another, and what his plans are for us. It's not our lives yeah. coming together, but it's two lives that he's brought together for him and for his kingdom, and that we're just two wonderful people that he's brought together uh, to love one another
1: absolutely and, I, and it goes back to you, what you were saying about communication and i believe that um because i have definitely uh did the the long distance relationship and so with that um there has to be trust i don't i don't think there's yes. any other way
3: <laughs> to make
1: it through a long distance relationship if there is not any trust but also people don't understand i think versus people who you know, stay in a close proximity to each other or can see each other on a regular basis. When you're long distance, the the conversation is what gets you through and the conversation is what brings you closer to each other because it's okay. I I can't see you this week. I may not see you for another two or three weeks. And so I I have to be open and I have to be transparent and let you know, you know, how I'm feeling. And, And you, you, you gain so much, you Know from those moments of conversation and communication, um, than you would sometimes, you know, being face to face. So, exactly, I, I love you know hearing you um talk about that and express that as well. And so, uh, Jimenez, for you, when people go and, and they purchase um uh, an ordinary man with an extraordinary god, what is it? What is your desire? What is your hope that people will walk away from um, and take away from when reading this book?
2: Uh, my hope is that, and my prayer is always that anyone who reads my book uh, is that they'll use it. It'll, be, it'll become a template or a roadmap for them, um, mm-hmm. that, it'll, that it'll allow the Holy Spirit to reach them in a place where they could never reach before. Uh, and uh, my hope is that in reading my book, it's really the journey in my, the chapters of my life, uh, when I was doing it on my own, when I was doing it without God, when I was doing it mediocre, when I thought God was really truly leading my life, but he wasn't. And to the place that I am today where God completely leads my life, where I'm just completely surrendered to him. And my focus is different. I still have a passion. You know, I still have a purpose in speaking and leading and training, but it's for him now, and it's not for Jimenez. And so my hope is that by people reading my book, it's just, again, an ordinary man with an extraordinary God that will tell them that God wants to use you wherever you are. <laughs> no matter what the previous chapters are of your life, no matter what the chapters are that, that you're writing right now, but right now if you give him that pen and you let him start writing these chapters of your life, your life will, too, become extraordinary. Absolutely. It's just a transparent, humble version of someone who's going to – you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be like, oh, my God, I don't believe he did that. But you know what? But I feel the only way that we, you know, we can connect and be honest with people is just to be real and say, if he did it for me, he'll do it for you.
1: Absolutely. Jimenez, for you, um, from your journey um, throughout this whole process and to where you are today, what is the, the biggest life lesson that you believe you've learned thus far about about yourself and, and the growth um, that you have seen transpire um, and take place in your life?
2: I would say the, the biggest change, the biggest thing that, that's cemented in my soul and cemented in my heart is that I can't do it without Christ. I can't do it without God. No matter what my gifts and sets and talents that he's given me, I can't do anything without him. Uh, and it all starts with him. And so, for me, whether he, you know, whether I, I you know, I'm, I'm going speaking somewhere, or someone calls me uh, for an engagement, or a, a book publishing, or whatever it is, uh, that everything that I have, all the gifts, all the accolades, all the material things, all the purpose that I'm in in my life right now, is all because of him. And that now I know that I can't do anything without him. It's solely because of his grace and his love and his mercy that I'm able to do what I do. And Absolutely. that's it. It's all for him.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, uh, Jimenez. For our our, our male listeners, I mean, because I always love to to leave our, our male listeners, especially uh, with with some words of encouragement. And so, for those men out here, they are. Seeking, you know, what their purpose is. Maybe they're doing things out of order, and and know that those things are out of order. Maybe they are, are struggling with fears and self doubts and all of those things. What would be your words of encouragement um, to those men who are listening this evening?
2: Wow, you know what? I would I would I would remind them of this um, that when when Jesus picked the twelve disciples. Uh, when he came upon his first two disciples, we have to remember those disciples weren't just fishermen and just ordinary brothers. Those brothers were, were, were busy. Those brothers were for on purpose. Those were were prominent brothers, doing things in society, and the, and God recognized that they knew who Jesus was. They didn't just Jesus didn't walk up on them and say, "Hey, why don't y'all join me?" They knew who he was. They had heard him preaching and speaking it around the community, but uh, God chose them because of their unique gifts that they had. And then wherever they were in the marketplace, some were fishermen, some were tax collectors, some were, you know, doing different things in in their business, but God wanted to use them exactly where they are and where they were. Regardless of what their sins were, regardless of what they were doing, he chose 12. And I believe that you can be one of those 12 as well. Our sole purpose is to reach others and to bring them to Christ. And I would encourage men to right now, wherever you are, whatever your walk in life is, whatever sins you've committed, whatever things that you've failed in, whatever place that you are right now, that God has a special purpose and a calling on your life. And all he wants you to do is just come to him. All he wants you to do is say yes. He doesn't want you to clean yourself up first. He doesn't want you to wait until you get your next paycheck or wait until your divorce is final. Hopefully when you will not get that far, oh, God, wait until I clean myself up until I'm ready. He wants you right now where you are. He wants to use you. He created you in his image. You are the most beautiful, the most handsome, the most gifted person that he's ever created. And there's a special place that he needs you. The world is waiting for you, but it's waiting for you through him. And he's saying, come to me. I have a great place for you. Let me give you something extraordinary. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, words and thoughts to, to leave with this evening. And uh, Jimenez, I, I definitely want to thank you so much uh, for coming on here. Um, I have truly, truly uh, enjoyed our dialogue this evening. And uh, thank you for just giving us so much insight and just being transparent with us. I think that oftentimes we uh, presume individuals are, are leaving a living a life of perfection. And we don't always know their story until we ask or until we hear it. And so I'm glad that you were able to share your story, your journey uh, with us and the listeners uh, this evening. So definitely want to thank you so much uh, for coming on here.
2: You are so welcome. Thank you so much for having me tonight. And uh, I'm lifting you up in prayer, you and your ministry, your family, your business, that you prosper, that God just continues to open, just pour out the windows of heaven over your life. I'm so grateful and humble just to be on your show tonight. And, again, I'm always available. I'm just here to serve and help you in any way that I can and your listeners as well. So thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you
1: absolutely absolutely and i hope that you'll come back on here and visit and talk with me again. and so before right quick um we 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 let you go Jimenez tell the folks out here w- where they can go to purchase your book um and how they can connect with you as far as um social media and
2: all those great aspects. Thank you so much yes. If you want to purchase my book, you can go to my website. I have a website com. My book is on my website. You can also go to Amazon. It's on amazon.com as well. Uh, if you want to reach me, I'm all on social media. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. Uh, I have my Everything is on my website, though. If you go to com, you can reach me. You know, I, I'm always receiving prayer requests. You can always reach out to me through social media, uh, but I'm always available. Again, you don't have to buy a book, even if you just want someone to pray with you or listen to you. If you want to call, you can call my business number, and uh, my staff will get to you, and they'll get back to me, and I'll make sure I reach back out to you. But go to my website, jiminasbailey.com. It is one-stop shopping and everything from my book to my social media platforms. Again, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter as well. But uh, again, reach out to me. I'd love to be a blessing to anyone who reaches out to me
1: absolutely absolutely, and uh, we will definitely be sharing that link um, on the beautiful butterfly show page uh, for you guys as well who uh, want to be able to connect with Jim Nez as well as purchase his book and so with that said uh, thank you again so much for coming on here and uh, I'm excited and congratulations to you and Miss Erica um, definitely um, a beautiful union in the making and so it, it does my heart good to see how excited both of you guys um, are uh, on the count Down for the big day. And so we definitely uh, wish you guys the best in all great aspects. And so, once again, thank you so much for coming on. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.
2: Thank you, sis. God bless you. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: All right, you guys, that was Jimenez, a baby, you guys, author of An Ordinary Man with an Extraordinary God, um, available on Amazon, Um, or you guys can connect with him on Facebook and Twitter, all those great places as well. And so coming up, you guys, um, this Thursday, uh, we got another special guest uh, lined up for you folks. Uh, We got Haki uh, Shakur. Um, He's going to talk. Come on. And uh, we're also going to be discussing uh, Haki's book, uh, which a lot of you, uh, that segment as well as he's bringing us um, another um, awesome book. He is a first-time guest over here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show, um, who will be joining us this Thursday um, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, Haki uh, Shakur is actually going to come on, and he's going to be talking about mission unstoppable, extraordinary. So we've done a lot of extraordinary things uh, this week um, over here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. So you guys make sure you tune in. Um, It's going to be another powerful men's powerful segment week right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show brought to you by Vibration Radio, you guys. And so with that said, we're going to get ready to get out of here. And I'm going to play um, a little bit a piece by Arrested a day. Make sure you guys go and check him out as well. Uh this was is entitled Um Through Um the Struggle. And uh, I am Bianca Fly. Guess what? I'll see you guys Thursday, same time, same place. Right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show.
4: My brother, my brother, I've known you like no other, absent-minded no more, for we are in this together. My brother, why do you think you have to lie to me? You disrespected the art, the queen, and those left behind in the community. Did you not forget who put you here? I. I'm poetry, the spoken one, no Rockefeller, no Stunner, I'm no Belvedere. So when you say that you speak the truth, heed to your words, and let's not poison the youth for every interaction. There is a reaction to the intentions we all bear. When the money talks and the bullshit walks, the greed inside it materializes. Reconstructed slave labor in this modern day Babylon, stranded for the rest of our lives. Should we not stand together, or should we not stand at all? hidden behind corporate concentration camps lunge forward casualty at play now oblivious to the failure it's not an option to take that fall so tell me why do we have to have a flashback When our economic paper no longer represents that Andrew Jack, son of a bitch, born into the land of the rich, stop it boy, quit being sarcastic, nah, but really, who made the switch, a switch from this game piece called the struggle. And I've never played Monopoly well, so let the shotgun shells ring by any means necessary. I've been standing on two feet for far too long in this battle, literally. So Bridge United with you, with me, my brother right here, stand with me in this community.
3: i